Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Welcome to the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. God has to us concerning the nations. You know, there's an inheritance for us. And it's interesting when someone names names you in their will and promises an inheritance for you. Well, God has named us in his will and has promised an inheritance. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Matthew 24, Jesus said, this gospel will be preached to all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So God has made a promise to get this gospel to all nations, all peoples, and he's not planning to leave any of us out of this process of doing this. Uh, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we, don't, we don't see yet the gospel in every nation. Uh, we don't see yet all the nations as our inheritance in the body of Christ, but Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. There are things we believe we're certain of, even though we don't see them. We're, we're certain that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. We didn't see it happen, but we are certain of it because we've laid hold of it by faith. God has empowered us by faith to uh, believe that with certainty. As I was preparing this morning, I, I just felt the presence of the Lord come very powerfully on me because I know. I know that leaders are going to be uh, affected, that communities, churches, nations are going to be impacted by this. Years ago, about, this is about 25 years ago, I was asked to bring this message to a leadership conference in a small city in South Mexico called Huatulco. And the, the man who was planning the conference asked me to share this word on missions and the nations as an inheritance and, and churches sending short-term mission teams to other nations. And I remember my first fleshly reaction when I was asked to teach a workshop on this was how is that going to be possible? Uh, the, the people in this area are so poor. Uh, they're coming to this conference sometimes traveling days by foot or on donkeys. They have sleeping on mats on the ground during the conference. Uh, they have little. After sharing this, I, I did, I shared this teaching. And a number of years later, I was at a leadership conference in the United States. And I noticed a person there that I recognized, but I couldn't remember where I'd met him before. And he was looking at me across the room like, I know that person. And then all of a sudden, he came up to me and he said, I remember you. You came to Huatulco, Mexico, and you shared about missions and inheriting the nations. And we're doing what you said. 
we're doing that. Here I am today. And next year, we're taking a team from my church to New York City. And I, I thought, how, how, now how, how can that happen? How, why is it important to look outside our comfort zone, our familiar geographic circle? Why is it important? How does it happen? I believe sometimes it just ha- happens by taking a step, by, by moving, going, obeying to the level we can, and however the doors are open. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible is from Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. It says, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul and Cyrus had just, Silas had just, uh, they committed to go, but they didn't leave home planning to go to Macedonia. They may have had a plan, but God had a better plan. It's a perfect illustration of of starting to move. And as you move, God directs. Ships have a very small piece of equipment on the bottom of the ship, the rudder. The rudder is useless in directing the ship as long as the ship is sitting still. But as the ship begins to move, the rudder becomes important in directing it. And so Paul and, and his colleague were just, they, they, they had a passion. Paul just determined to go and they began taking steps and they wanted to go one place. And as they started going, the Holy Spirit said, no, not, not there. And then they tried to go to another and the Lord forbid them to go there. There's just a check in their spirit. No, not there. And then they got the calling to Macedonia. You know, he went all the way to the shore of the sea. When, when they got to Troas, Troas is at the seashore. And it says that he had a, a vision in the night. It doesn't say he had a dream in the night. He, he had a vision in the night. And I think I know why it was a vision and not a dream. It's because he couldn't sleep. He was like, Lord, I don't understand. We, we're trying to go. We want to go. We're, we're willing to go. We, we tried here. You said no. We tried there. You said no. What are you, what are you saying? And so there at the seashore, when they could go no further, they had the, they had the call, received the vision, the call to Macedonia. We're called to the nations, to the, to the world. We can, we can go by personally traveling and going. We can go in our prayers. We can go through our support of those who do go, but the Bible calls us to go. And, it, and going means to change our location in a sense. It's, I'm not talking about selling your home tomorrow and moving to China or Vietnam or something like that. But I'm talking about today cultivating a missions 
nation's vision, not only in ourselves personally as leaders, but in our ministries and to the people we serve. Uh, every gospel mentions this last will of Jesus that we go to the nations, Matthew 28, Luke 24. In John 21, Jesus said, as the Father sends me, I'm sending you. And in Mark chapter 16, uh, we see the Great Commission also. And, and it says these signs will follow them that believe. In, uh, in America, there's a, a game that children play sometime called following the leader. And two children can play this game where one is the leader and the other follows. And so the first child just decides what, where to go, where to turn, maybe he hops, maybe he runs, maybe he gets down on his knees, whatever. But the person following does exactly what the leader does. We know how to follow someone. And the Bible, God's promise is that there are signs, miracles that will follow, but the person those signs will follow has to be moving. You, you can't follow somebody who's not moving. I've seen many miracles in, in my community or my personal life in my family. And in my nation, I've seen miracles, but I see a lot more miracles when I go to places that are, are unfamiliar. Uh, when I'm going to the nations, I see a greater percentage of miracles and signs following. I believe there's that going is a, is a great strategy for spiritual reasons because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And there are, there, there are principalities and demonic strongholds in geographic areas that when you grow up in those areas, you become familiar with, you're so familiar with those strongholds that you're and, and and oftentimes weakened by them that um, you're not very effective. But for someone can come visit us from another nation here in America, and they can perceive very quickly what the demonic uh, principalities are that are are happening here in America, the materialism or other uh, spiritual strongholds and. And they have an authority and an anointing to speak into those things. And when we go to another place we, that where we haven't grown up under the familiar principalities of that region, we, we carry an anointing and a strength that can impact them. There are actually very few Old Testament prophets who ministered in their own home region. Most of them were called and went somewhere else. Jesus gave the promise we can have confidence that signs will follow them that belief, but he gave that promise in the context of going into all the world and preaching the gospel. I took a team to a short-term team from a church in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, I hosted a team there. I was, I was staying there and, and a, a woman led a team from Pennsylvania in the United States to Mexico and I connected them to a young pastor there who uh, was very passionate about evangelism, uh, very passionate to, to uh, witness and evangelize in the streets and everywhere. So this team came to serve him uh, for a week, 
And he, one morning he took them to a park, a park in this city where there were many, many people throughout the day, but they, they started to minister, but then it started to rain and the, the, the heavens just opened and the, the rain came torrentially. So the team had to seek shelter under a shelter in the park, but everybody else in the park that was walking there and, and uh, whatever, just uh, relaxing in the park, they had to go to the shelter as well for cover from this rain. And so the team began to, they had prepared music and they had prepared uh, a drama that illustrated the gospel. And they be, so they just began to do it. They had a captive audience under this shelter house and they, they presented the gospel there. And many people came to the Lord there and, and they were praying with people one-on-one. -on -one. The team split up and began to just pray with individuals that were giving their hearts to the Lord. Later that day, this uh, pastor took the team to a plaza in the city where there were many, many people coming. Uh, 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 there was an open market. And, and so they were, again, doing their presentations of the gospel in that place. And then a band, a music band had begun to play. And so they, they couldn't do anything for a while because there was so much loud sound. But then the band took a break. And uh, the pastor, the Mexican pastor, asked the band leader, he said, do you mind while you're taking a break if my group uh, does a presentation? And he said, no, no problem. So they began to pre present the gospel while the musical band was taking a break. And many people, again, came to the Lord, including one of the musicians from the band. And they, they started splitting up again, praying with people in the plaza there, one-on-one, -on -one, praying for healings, uh, leading them to the Lord. And at the end of the day, the team was so happy and so excited for all of the fruit that happened that came that day. And they went back to where they were staying and were celebrating. And I, I, I noticed that the, the Mexican pastor was very uh, quiet and subdued. And I, I went to him and I said, uh, Pastor, you seem heavy hearted. Uh, is everything okay? And he said, I, I am. I, I'm, uh, there are so many people in my country who are ready to receive the Lord Jesus, but there aren't enough workers to lead them to Christ. And when he said that, I remembered when I was a boy, I grew up in a part uh, of America where there's many, many farmlands. There were not many people, but vast farmlands with vegetable crops that were important to the region and would be oftentimes exported to other parts of the country to feed people. And when it was time for harvest, there would be many uh, workers that would come from Mexico up to help with the harvest, migrant workers that would come and they were hard workers and they were such a blessing. They, the harvest would never have been brought in without these laborers that came from another place. And when uh, this pastor, Pastor Ejeloyo, had just shared his sorrow that the, the harvest was so ripe, but there weren't enough workers, I thought about what a farmer in my my town would have felt like if he had planted and tilled the ground and cultivated and fertilized and weeded and brought his crop 
to harvest only to not have enough workers to bring it in and how sick he would feel inside. And so this pastor, he had seen the ripened fields and he saw it going unharvested and he was feeling sick inside. And so when we take people from one place to another that's geographically unfamiliar, we're, we're like those migrant workers who've come to help at harvest time. You know, um, we might spend a lot of time sitting at a desk managing our, our ministry, but the desk is a dangerous place to get a good view of the world. The better place is out in the, the harvest field. And we can activate God's call and God can activate it on us and on our people through going, through prayer, through uh, financially supporting. And it struck me that uh, one time, Isaiah chapter six, verse eight, uh, the prophet Isaiah said, here my Lord, send me. But he's, the first part of that passage says that, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go up for us? It struck me, God, God wasn't even speaking to Isaiah. The, the, in, um, in the Trinity there, the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are talking. Who, who will go up for us? Who can we send? Isaiah heard it. He overheard it because he was staying near enough to God in his walk with God to, to overhear what the Lord was, the Lord's heart. And, and to answer the call to go is to be close to the heart of God. It's, it's God's passion that this gospel get to all the nations. And I believe that short-term trips are a key to enhancing a global vision for the people that we serve, that we lead to bring a global vision, a kingdom vision, a nation's vision into our organization or our local church. A friend and I are going to be traveling uh, two weeks from tomorrow to a, a nation in Central Asia, and it's a Muslim-majority nation. We were making some arrangements for that trip, and we're talking to one of the leaders, the Christian leaders in that nation, and she's a woman from Bolivia, South America. And I thought, how... Is this possible that a woman from one of the poorest nations in South America has traveled from nation to nation, then served for 20 years, 20 years in Afghanistan, one of the most dangerous places for a Christian to live in the world. And then uh, most recently, uh, because of the change that happened in the government there. She had to leave Afghanistan in the last year and come to a neighboring country, this country we're gonna be traveling to. But in Bolivia, 50% of the people live on less than $10 a day. Uh, how did it happen? It happened because she took one step and then she took another step and then she took another step of just obedience. And as she took steps, the Lord began to open more and more doors over the years. What happens in a, a local church or an organization, maybe in maybe your church, a typical church might have a ministry, a teaching ministry, a ministry to children, worship team, ministry to the sick, ministry to widows. Uh, can be a variety of ministries or programs you might have in a church. But something happens. When a pastor shares the vision for the nations, 
and reaching outside the comfort zone. And a team forms and they pray together, they prepare together. Maybe they practice each giving their testimony together. They practice uh, some uh, presentation of the gospel. And then the, the friends and the family of these people pray for them, support them, help make it happen. And the team travels, they work together, they, re they return together. Now the global vision for the Great Commission just got lifted to a whole new level in that church. It got lifted to a whole new level because not only did a few people go, but other people prayed for them. Other people maybe supported them financially. And every area of ministry in that church, the, the children's ministry teachers are now affected and infected with a, uh, a greater vision for the nations, a greater sense of, wait, our church can do this. Our organization can do this. Uh, I've found that the discipleship training that we do uh, in our church has more impact when the church is being stretched out of its comfort zone, when uh, the team members who are going to be going, traveling somewhere together, they're going to have to work together. They're going to have to live together maybe uh, for, for seven days, 10 days, however long. Um, the, the teaching about relationship problems means more to them when, when it's tested in the trials and hardships of working together more intensely. Um, I can remember um, my church treasurer years ago. Uh, he went on a short-term trip to New York City after the September 11th terrorist attack on the United States in 2001. And um, we took a team there to help with the... Uh, feeding the many people who had been uh, displaced from their homes because of that attack. And my church treasurer was one of them who went. He was not necessarily um, a very missions-minded person before that. But then uh, later, when I began to process the possibility of taking a trip to another nation, I started to question uh, <clears throat> the validity of it or how to do it. And my treasurer said, hey, you're not getting out of this so easy. You get going. We're behind you. You know, he was, he was the one who, who saw the numbers of the, of the church finances. And he might have been one who typically would be cautious, but he was the one who said, no, we've got to do this. So something happened in him just from this trip, trip to New York City, six hours away. Something changed in his heart. So what happens when we um, inspire and cast vision to our church for people to um, step out of their comfort zone, that everybody will be changed at some level. A few will end up going long-term. And uh, that's a powerful credit to our leadership. In the, uh, in the world right now, it's, uh, statistics say there are 7.8 billion people on the earth. 2.6 billion claim to be Christian, 650 million uh, Pentecostal or charismatic believers. Around 200,000 Christians will be martyred this year. Uh, China, in China, number of Christians went from 1 million to 80 million in less than 50 years. 
I could talk of Nepal or India or Cuba or Iran or Africa and many places where God has been moving in great ways. But one of the tragic realities behind these statistics is that there's very little bounce of labors taking the gospel from one people to neighboring ones nearby because of maybe histories of prejudice or hatred between groups or ethnic groups. Um, but what's, what's exciting is that while 70 years ago, the number of people traveling to other countries on short-term missions was negligible, uh, in the last, well, just pre-COVID, there was around 2 million from the U.S. who went on short-term missions and from other nations, many more. And listen, anytime uh, in church history that 2 million Christians are all doing uh, the same thing, uh, that's a good sign. We can safely say that God is, is moving in a powerful way. And so I'm just telling you, God is doing something in the earth. Uh, he's cross-pollinating. Uh, Christians in, from different cultures across geographic lines in the body of Christ, and he's not going to leave your nation or my nation behind in the process of fulfilling that commission that this gospel is going to get to all the nations. Some will say, well, it's so expensive to go. Why, why not just send money to other parts of the world and let them use it to reach their own people? Jesus didn't say send money. He said, go. Our nations need each other. The American church needs the strengths that our brothers and sisters from other nations have. We need that here. And, and we need one another. You bring a strength to us, and, and, and hopefully we bring a strength to you. So how do we get started? We won't, you won't take a, a step from one community in Bolivia to Central Asia in one big step. It just usually doesn't work that way. But it can start with just finding out the needs in our own city or our own community, our own region. Ask. I, um, when I uh, pastored in a couple different towns, one of the things we did was we would talk to the leaders of our city, our mayor, we would meet with the mayor, we would meet with the police chief and we'd say, what, what are the biggest needs that you see? How can the church of Jesus Christ, how can our people serve our community? How can we help in practical ways? And we would ask and, and that they might bring up needs of the children or uh, issues related to, to drugs or whatever. And and then we would pray about how can we respond to that? Maybe it was going to certain neighborhoods and just praying there. Maybe it was doing programs for children, uh, but being intentional. We, we started a, a charity that would do uh, literacy training for children and, and in, in the process of, of helping teach children who are struggling with their reading skills, also uh, reading the Bible. So we just learned how can we serve our community um, and then who, who are the people in our community, our culture, who others don't like? Who are the people who uh, there's prejudices against? Who are the different races or different ages? Or who are the people, who are the forgotten ones? Lord, show us 
the forgotten ones that that many don't. I believe that if we'll reach out to the ones that no one else wants, God's will, God will give us the ones that everybody wants. And um, But we have to show our determination to preach outside our comfort zone in our own area. Jesus said, you know, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in your own home city, in Judea, the region around you, in Samaria, that area where there's people who are very different from us, who there's been a history of hatred or uh, despising one another, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. But we take a step at a time. We just start doing it. And and then God opens more and more doors. As we go, he opens doors. Um, there's another uh, pastor I got to know in Mexico 30 years ago. He was a, a drunken, violent, unsaved farmer who raised fruit and orchards, struggling to provide for his family. But he got saved. And another leader helped train him, and he just soaked up all the training he could. And he learned more, and God called him eventually to start and establish uh, a church in a city nearby, a large city in Mexico. And then he, he, he went to a conference and started getting a vision for missions, for outreach, well, how he was like, how am I, how am I going to answer that? How am I going to obey the call of God to reach out, to take the gospel outside my own comfort zone? Well, then uh, a young uh, a person came to his church and started attending, who lived in a neighboring, what isn't even, it wasn't nearby, but another part of that city, where there was it was dangerous, uh, drug trafficking was prominent gang it wasn't even safe for girls to live in that community the gangs were raping people um, there was witchcraft uh, but as this person shared with pastor tony about his neighborhood and what was happening there tony felt like well, let's start a bible study there so a few people just started going there um, uh, leading a bible study inviting neighbors from there they they took music there they started walking just through the neighborhood praying. It's just a prayer team going there praying for this very dangerous part of the city. Uh, eventually, they they it took time, but they they pooled resources together and they were able to buy a property right in the middle of that neighborhood. And then, then over time, it took time. They they laid a foundation for a church building. Then uh, I was able to send a team from America, a team of men who went down and and put up the walls of that church and helped make it happen. Today, there is another church in that neighborhood. Um, and in that neighborhood where buses were afraid to go because it was so violent, now there's there's uh, transportation in there. It was because the pastor shared a vision to get his church outside their comfort zone and a passion for the rest of their city began to be woven into the fabric of everyone in the church. And soon then the Lord began to open other doors. He, he began to, to uh, uh, take teams to other cities within a few hours of their city. And then uh, to other states. A few years ago, he took a team to another country in South America. So just by taking steps of obedience, God opened more 
and more and more doors. So who, who are the, uh, the people that God's already connected you to? Are there people in other parts of your own city and area villages? Are there uh, men, women of God that you trust to work with? Um, you may not be able to send a team to another nation immediately, but you can send a group to another city. You can send a group to uh, another uh, a village. You can strengthen another pastor's church and ministry. What does he need? Is he struggling with spiritual resistance? Can you just send a prayer team there to just go and just intercede for that church, for that community, for that uh, uh, the people in that city? Are there children there who've never heard the good news? Can, can you uh, have some of the people in your church uh, sew who sew and know how to make, make some funny looking clothes and make a clown suit and do some outreach to small children and share Jesus in a way that they get excited about? Storytellers, musicians, uh, any way to be creative and share the gospel with children. Uh, would a pastor in another city or area need an evangelism team, uh, Bible distribution, uh, just to go door to door and pray with people one-on-one? -on -one? How can we serve? Find ways. Pray on this. Um, what nations is God knitting your heart with? What ministries? Just begin to inquire. Begin to check out logistics. Is the door open? Uh, this is a process. This is a long-term commitment. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it because it's a part of the process that will fulfill the promise of God that he wants to give us nations as our inheritance. Um, so as you share the vision, just begin to see who, who God stirs in their hearts to participate in just getting out of the comfort zone, going to another place. Who does he stir? Don't presume to know, or sometimes God calls some unexpected people to step up and uh, come alongside and reach out. Or sometimes there are some who you will personally want to contact and invite and say, hey, would you, would you participate in this? But here's what I want to uh, wrap this up with is John chapter four, verse 35. Jesus said to his disciples, do not do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They're already white for harvest. God has a plan for you and I in his promise to receive nations as an inheritance. And do not say we'll do it later. We'll do it someday, maybe maybe way down in the future, or maybe it isn't even on your thought processes at all. They're so focused on what's happening locally. But the fields are ripe now. The harvest must not be lost. It must not be wasted. It can't lay in the field and rot. These are people, souls, eternities at stake. Jesus said, do not say, do not say later. The time is now. It's ripe. We're all a part of it. He's not going to let us out of the process. If we just open our hearts, stay close to his heart and say, Lord, here am I. Here we are. Here's my people. Here we are. Um, send us. We're willing to go. I don't, even if we don't see how it can work, how it can happen. If we keep our heart 
connected to the Lord in that way, he will open doors because he's more passionate about seeing this come to pass than even we are because he sees the needs, he sees the emptiness, he sees the voids, he sees the, the chains of sin that have wrapped people from around the planet uh, in Satan's grip. And he came to set captives free and he's, he's allowing us to participate in that. I pray that is an encouragement. I know, I know that God's gonna use this and use you to uh, change many hearts. Thank you for listening to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and challenged with today's message. For more from Joshua Nations, visit our website, joshuanations.org. Thank you.